0: Our vision for 2020 is for the family to grow into the full stature and strength of what the family is supposed to produce. And so I'm going to take you back to the beginning, to the design of all things, and the fact that we are made in the image of God. Therefore, families are image makers, and a family is to produce offspring that are godly, And that are images of God. And so I take you to Genesis 127. So God created man in his what? Own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. It is absolutely necessary, and it was God's provision and design, that one being could not embody the full expression of God's own nature. It was beyond the ability of human flesh to comprehend, to manifest, and to demonstrate the very nature of God. So what God did uniquely, and especially for the sake of bringing Messiah, is he created mankind in male and female. The reason I say in keeping for Messiah is because even though man had fallen, because Adam and Eve were separated, though the seed of man was corrupt through Adam, that egg was preserved in Mary to be fertilized by God. So it bypassed the sin. Do you see the genius of God's design? And so we were created in the image of God, male and female. So it takes male and female to manifest the image of God. It's called the imago Dei, the image of Deus, deity, the image of God. And that's what we are. We are the image of God. And when you consider it, it takes a male and female... To create the image of God. And so that's why it is essential in a family that we have the attributes of both the man and the woman in a family. Now the best situation is a man and wife having children. That's the nuclear family. That's the best illustration because it takes a male and a female to produce that image of God into their children. By what each of them uniquely brings by their design from God into that child. And it also takes a male and a female to create the image of God or children. What a miracle. Isn't it amazing that two can procreate an eternal soul and an eternal being? Sexual intercourse and the uh, idea of creating life is so sacred and so holy because it produces a living soul for all of eternity. It's not to be taken lightly or recreationally and so forth. The end result will be death. The end result is that if you don't want this child who was so uh, carelessly uh, created, people extinguish them. God forbid. But if you'll see in the created order, God designed us in the image of himself, male and female, and through that created order, we produce a healthy family. But how many of you know there was a problem, wasn't there? Sin entered in, and so it broke the family dynamic immediately between Adam and Eve And as we see in their offspring, Cain and Abel, death and murder entered in. But the point I'm trying to make this morning is that family was designed to conform to the image of God, mother and father and child. In that trinity and in that dynamic, we find that we become image makers of God. And so a father provides unto the child these characteristics and qualities of God that we were supposed to receive from our dad. All right? So if you're not a father, you did have one. May have been absent, may have been dysfunctional, but this is what he was supposed to give to you from the image of God unto you. Number one, your identity. You're to be identified by your father. Your father gives you the sense of identity and being, and maybe some of you didn't get that from your dad. Your father didn't give you the identity of being precious and who you are, giving you his name and identity of heritage. That's what was supposed to happen if it didn't. I've got hope for you. You might be living in a single home with kids now and you might not have a father for your kids. There's hope yet. Let me help you understand. But those children need a father's image of God put into their lives. We all needed it. The first is identity. The second is protection. A father, it's one thing to father a child, it's another to raise and protect that child. Protection is essential for the home. That a husband, that a father looks after the children and the wife and protects that home and thirdly provides for that home. It is essential that they are to be the provision maker and the giver. And even if it's not financially, maybe the wife works and the man, but he is still to provide the lead. He's still to provide the love. He's still to provide for the health of that family. And last of all, he's to give direction. Now, I don't know what kind of family you grew up in. There's just a multitude of differences, I'm sure, in this room right here between fathers. If you had a good one or not, maybe your father left you early. Maybe he died early. The most essential years are from zero to age five. And in those years, did your father give you direction? Did he say what you were to become? Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they're not depart from it. And that's not just learning about Jesus. That's the provision and the direction of that child's life. You speak in. Fathers are supposed to speak into the identity, the protection, the provision, and the direction of a child. Oh, how many of you mourn the lack of that in your own life? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, how essential it is. And, And it's to build the image of God in you so that as in the image of God, you know where you're going. You know who your provider is. You know your destiny and you know your identity. That's what a father is supposed to bring in the image-making of us and us to our children. How about a mother? A mother is to provide, provide the nurturing aspect of God. We learn about God's faithfulness and his nurturing and development from a mother. I don't know what kind of mom you had, but she was supposed to nurture you in the love of God. Bathe you in the love of God help you understand the meaning of grace and knowledge, while Father's helping you understand justice. And so, mother's also supposed to give you stability. Emotional stability. Last of all, she's to edify you. A mother builds up a child's character, builds up a child's education and nurturing. All of this is the image of God that God put in the family and the parental role to put into our lives now again some of you may be mourning the fact that you did not get this from your mother because sin came in and broke it disfigured the image of God though we're still in the image of God what we produce because of our own sin and our own dysfunction onto our kids it just perpetuates a lot of problems how many of you found that out and so then we get married bring all of our dysfunction to our mate And their dysfunction, and we try to figure it out, and our children reap the benefit of that generation after generation after generation after generation. And so this year, as we're focusing on family, we're going to learn how to heal the father wounds in your life. We're going to learn how to heal the mother wounds in your life. But first, we have to understand what we were supposed to receive from them in the image of God. Last of all, the concept of children. What are children supposed to bring? What were we supposed to bring to our parents? The dynamic flow of the image of God is found in the family nucleus. And in this family dynamic for the image of God, you've got father who's identifying, protecting, providing, and, uh, and directing. And you have mother who's nurturing and, and, and uh, caring and, uh, what else did I say, uh, stability and edification You have the children who are now supposed to reciprocate back for this dynamic, honor unto the parents, obedience unto the parents, and respect. Oh, Pastor Tim, you're just trying to get the kids to behave. Trying to get you to behave. If you'll understand the eternal sonship of Jesus Christ, Jesus himself was obedient unto the Father. Jesus honored Father above all. Jesus showed glory and respect to Father because this is the dynamic of the image of God concerning unity. And though I would love my children to honor me, obey me, and respect me, I have a responsibility to do the same to my parents. So how did you fare with this? Do you honor your mother and father? Do you obey them? Did you obey them? See, these are essentials because if your children don't know how to honor authority, they will fight against it the rest of their lives. If they don't learn how to obey authority in their lives, your life's going to be messed up till you learn to honor, obey, and respect authority. That's why most of us are in the problems we're in. We wouldn't honor the law, respect authority, right, and and obey our bosses at our jobs, at work, the police, the, the whole situation of authority structures. How many of you know there's authority of structures because it keeps peace and stability? So you see, this is also the image of God. And so in this dynamic of father, mother, and children, it's supposed to produce the image of God. But sin came in and messed it all up. Oh, 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 if there was only, if there was only a remedy. And we've all become independent souls trying to find our way in busted families and in busted lives. But a remedy did come in Jesus Christ. The Son who honored Father and was obedient unto Him came in the flesh in respect of the Father's wishes and out of His love to demonstrate as a loving Father and a nurturing mother to give the love manifest in the Son to our lives. That through the presence of Jesus Christ, we can have a remedy and we can have life and life abundantly. Jesus said the thief comes to steal, steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and life abundantly. Life to the fullest. Now, I am saddened by what we as the church have done to that verse. What we've done to this verse concerning abundant life as we have contorted the word and the promise of God to mean some kind of physical pleasure. some kind, Now, it includes that. Yes, I understand that. It includes that. But please, the abundant life that God has for you is so much richer than a big car, uh, a, a big house, and more money. Why would God consider blessing you with the very things that can rob your love from Him? No, the abundance of life is the fullness of His image in us. An abundant life is being in a relationship that lasts. That nurtures and cares and produces offspring that become holy and righteous unto God. The abundant life is knowing love and sharing it and expressing it. We're image makers. We're to be in the image of God. And the abundant life that Jesus came to give unto us was life that is God life, Zoe life, spirit life. In other words, his nature in us. If I've got his nature in me, that trumps all the money, all the finance, all the housing, and all the food, and all the riches. I am rich in his nature, in God. I am satisfied. I can do all things in Christ Jesus. And so uh, love poured into my heart, pouring out of me, produces health and prosperity and well-being. This is the abundance that God has given us. And now, look at what this abundant life can produce. In Malachi, it is prophesied that when uh, the Messiah was coming, Elijah would come before him. Jesus said, if you'll understand it, John the Baptist was was Elijah. And what was supposed to happen from Messiah coming? He will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to the fathers. What is he coming to bring? Restoration to families. Because our image had been marred by sin, but he's coming to eliminate the sin problem so that you can restore family harmony and unity. But wait a minute, Pastor, Jesus, didn't he say, I come to bring a sword between a mother and a child and a father and, and sister brother? Yes, he did. That sword is truth. So if we won't receive the truth of who he is and the truth of his words, yes, it will bring division. But if you will receive the word of the Lord, if you will receive Christ as Savior, it can mend a broken family. It can forgive uh, unforgiving hearts. It can mend hurt and pain. I've talked to many of you out there who were abused and and beaten by your father and by your mother. Uh, You've been neglected. But in their old age, because you got saved, Jesus did something and restored, I've talked to many of you, restored relationships to parents that were horrible to you, but you gave your life back to Christ who mended your relationship with them. And in their old age, they turned to Jesus. This is what Messiah came to bring, so that the image of God would be found in our families. He goes on with the promise and he says this, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, as we look with unveiled faces, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. What image are we being changed into? The image of Christ, the image of God, and that's what we are, image makers, We are to become that image of God, and Christ has put his spirit in us to transform us. So what you lost from father, what you never got from mother, spirit comes to be your mother, to be your father, and to teach you how to be a child of God. That's what's happening. That's the restoration of family. So no matter how damaged your family is, no matter what's left of the family that you're raising with Christ, you can have all the provision you need for a blessed family. Last of all, Colossians 3.10, As believers in Christ, we have a new self, a new person, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So what does that mean? That your father, maybe your father didn't give you identity. Maybe he didn't protect you. And some of you are wounded from the lack of his protection. Maybe he didn't bring provision for you. Maybe he didn't give you direction. But now that you are in Christ, the spirit of God can now minister where father failed. And the father's love is now given to you. But we have to to do the work. We have to seek him. We have to ask for these things. Father, give me an identity. You see it in in Peter. When Jesus said, who do men say that I am? They said this, that, this, that. Peter said, "You you are the Messiah, son of the living God. He said, you're right, and you are. See, he identified Peter. As soon as Peter identified who Christ was, and identified by faith in him, then Jesus could identify him and say, you are Peter, and upon this church I'm going to build, upon this rock where your confession, I'm going to build this church. He identified who Peter was. This is what Jesus will do for you. I don't know if your father lacked identifying who you are, but you are Christ's son. You are the, the father's son. You are in Christ. And you are protected by the Holy Spirit. Now, What the fear, the anxiety because you, you never felt protected from certain things and things happened in your life. God is now your protector. So, so mothers... Who, who don't have a husband around and the ch- your children don't have a father, you can replace what father was supposed to give them by the ministry of the word of God to give your children identity, to give them protection, to give them provision, and to give them direction. These are vital ingredients they must have so you can ask God to help you pour those into your child, though a father may be absent. Mothers, you may not have been nurtured People, you may have not had stability in your life, and you may not have been edified. You never got the edification you needed. You were bullied at school. Your home life was not stable. You had to go from one home to the next. Maybe dad's house on one weekend, mom's on another weekend, maybe auntie's or grandma's. Uh, the parent situation just wasn't nurturing the image of God for you. But I want to tell you with Christ in your life, the Holy Spirit can be your nurturing agent. The Holy Spirit can be your stability and he can edify your life. This is what the Spirit is here to do in all of us, to restore the image of God in us where our families failed us. Who wants that? Anybody? Who needs it? All of us. All of us. Last of all, the Spirit is here to teach us how to grow as children of God, how to learn how to honor God. First step, if you don't know how to worship God, Some of you say, well, I'm not into that worship stuff. I'm not into that singing and clapping, and I'm not into that. It's not about the mode or the style of music or the action of your hands. It's giving honor to God. If as a child of God you don't know how to honor him, the Spirit is going to teach you. Because in that you will learn obedience. For even Jesus said he learned obedience through that which he suffered. He honored the Father's will. At all times. Many of us are rebellious. We never became obedient and surrendering to the authority in our life. And God is going to get you there. Believe me. He will. The sooner you give him honor and obedience and respect, oh, your life will go better. He's teaching us these things that the image of God who was supposed to be impressed upon us through our parents through the dynamic of family. And though sin broke it up, though it failed, whatever aspect it hits in your life, the Spirit is here now to teach and to instruct that in our lives. And I conclude with this story. It's a man who was caught in demonic possession. Jesus went across the lake of Galilee, and, and his, apostles, his disciples, his apostles were a little nervous about this because he was going over to the pagan side of the lake. And as he got out of the boat and his foot touched the sand of the seashore of the guardians, a demonic came running out of the cemetery with broken chains. This man was bleeding with sores all over and hair. He looked like a hairy animal, foaming and frothing at the mouth, screaming and running, and he ran as fast as he could straight down to where Jesus was. And some of you go, yeah, that describes my family perfectly. And I'm not kidding. I've heard some of your stories. It is amazing that many of you are still alive and surviving. You had to come out of drug addiction. You had to come out of alcoholism because you did whatever you could to self-medicate your situation. Like that man, he came running, but that man fell at the feet of Jesus because the demons growled and snarled and said, what are you doing here? Jesus, son of the living God, do not come before our time. Do not punish us. And Jesus said, what's your name? And he said, legion, for we are many. Now a legion has thousands within it. This man used to throw himself on the fires, cut himself with stones. The the town people were sick of him howling at night and pillaging the village. That they put chains on him and chained him up. But the demons were so strong he bust them loose and he went and lived among the dead. It was horrible and vicious. Oh, but a Savior came to save us from ourselves and from the demonic oppression we've all been under. And though I don't know where his family was in all this, maybe they gave up on him, maybe they weren't here. I don't know what led him to the place to where he invited or allowed the demonic possession, but he was there. And Jesus didn't shun him, Jesus didn't tell him to leave, Jesus delivered that man. And he's here to deliver you and I. And it's glorious and it's wonderful. So whatever your background is, whatever you're coming out of, the death of a family, the death of a marriage, the failure of everyone else, when you come before Jesus, he will care for you. He will minister to you. He commanded the demons to leave. And the man was delivered. He told his apostles, clean this man up. And Jesus was ready to move on to his ministry. And as he's going back to the boat, the man's begging him, Jesus, Jesus, please, let me follow you. Jesus, let me be with you. I don't want to leave you. I want to be with you. And Jesus said one thing to him. Go home. Jesus, don't you need another follower? Don't you want another disciple? This man's ready to give you his whole life. Jesus, why don't you want this man? Because Jesus had a plan for this man and his restored life. Jesus had a plan for his testimony. He said, go home to yours. Now, uh, depending on your translation, it'll say, go home to your family, or it'll say, go home to your friends. When you look in the Greek, The word friends or family is not there. The the, the translators added something to try and help us get it. The Greek reads literally this way, go home to yours. So what is that? Go home to your family? Well, who lives in a home? Go home to your family. Uh, Others say go home to your, to your people. Go back to your city where you terrorized them and show them now you're restored. It can be any of those things, but the simplest is go home to yours because you have a testimony now because you can show what the power and the love of God can do. Go home to yours and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go home. And this is why we're restoring our lives and why we're restoring it so that we can grow a good family in the image of God so that we can become a testimony to those of our home. Go home, people, and tell them how much mercy and love God has given you. Go to your mother and father and work that thing out. Go to your sister and brother and show them the mercy of God. If you wronged them, repent. If they wronged you, find a way to forgive. But Jesus says, go home. Restore the family. If there's anything that's needed in these United States, it is the family that needs being restored. And the church is supposed to be the image of God and the image for the family. And so we're to bring a message to the world, and to the lost, that Jesus cares about the home. Jesus cares about the family. And I'm coming home to bring healing. As an end note, when Jesus did return back to the Garodines later, a revival broke out because they were ready to receive him. They, in fact, asked him to leave Because he cast that spirit into the swine, and the swine, as many as a thousand swine, jumped over a cliff, and they lost all their product and their produce of ham and food. And they said, you got to get out of here. But because he sent this man back, and because of his testimony, when Jesus returned, revival broke out in that land. Revival's coming to your family. Revival's coming to your home. Would you be the image of God for them? Would you let God restore what Father was supposed to give you and and didn't, but he will? What your mother was supposed to give you, but she didn't? What you were supposed to learn as a child, but you didn't? Now the Spirit will. He's going to heal you. He's going to break off the chains. He's going to break off the demonic. He's going to break all that off and restore you. And Jesus says this morning, go home. You're the image of God. You're the family of man. Do the work God has sent you to do. Stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. How many of you need healing and restoration from a father wound, from a mother wound? How many of you need growth as a child to learn to obey, to learn honor? If it's you, lift your hand up. Come on, let's make this entire room an altar. I'm not telling you to badmouth parents. I'm not telling you to badmouth mom and dad, but take an inventory. They did the best they could. That's what you're going to hope your children say about you. <laughs> How many of you know that? We're all trying to do the best we can, but now we've got the best in us, and that's Jesus. We've got the best in us. Come on. We've got the best father. We've got the best mother. We're going to become children. We've got the best son to teach us. Hallelujah. Father, I release right now the ministry of your Holy Spirit to do the work that father is supposed to do. To do the work mother is supposed to do. To do the work son is supposed to do. Holy Spirit, I release now the ministry that you have for us and with open hearts, we receive it. Change us. Change our lives. Fill in us what is lost, and make us from glory to glory into the image of God. If you'll receive that, say amen this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.